Hello everybody and welcome to the Bias Today podcast with Ina. Don't you wish every podcast was a politics podcast? I do. I wish I could rename this podcast to Politics with Ina, but still biased. This episode was actually supposed to be a bonus episode. It's a snippet of my conversation with Kirk from the politics podcast that we had a couple of weeks ago. But it ended up being like 15 minutes long, which is the length of a normal episode. So I decided to just put it in my pocket and release it at a later time. So because I can't get enough listening about politics, I hope you will enjoy this snippet of conversation and enlighten yourself on how exactly Donald Trump expects Mexico to pay for the wall because Mexico has already said they they wouldn't pay for the wall. So how would he do it? This is how the podcast begins now. I want to tell you something because I was talking to my friend today about, you know, Trump and stuff. I'm sorry, I need another cookie. (laughs) So I do, and I don't know how much heat I'm going to get for this. When I was watching Trump, before a lot of these things came out, right? And before it really sank in, there were times, like, I must have, like, 30 Please seconds or so. Please tell me it wasn't longer than this. <laughs> it was for, like, 30 seconds or so at a time that I felt myself like, maybe I could vote for him. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Okay? And let me, let me, let me brace myself. Brace yourself. Let me tell you why. Because whenever he says, these are the, these are the comments that resonate with me, okay? Whenever he says that we have... Um, that we we have politicians crafting deals that are really not so beneficial for the U.S. that are more beneficial for other countries. This is kind of how he's he's playing it. He's like, we could have like awesome negotiators really getting us a fair deal on on whatever. It could be on international policy or it could be on trade like we could have like awesome negotiators doing this so i'm here thinking from like a business perspective right Mm -hmm. business whether you like it or not in america is about screwing the other guy and getting the benefits for yourself right Right. that's how wall street works yep that's how salaried employees work yes you get them the the least amount of salary that you can you know for as long as you can and if they threaten to leave you you give them a little bit more right it's about keeping people down and getting the benefits for the business so when i think of the is united that what your work does for you never mind <laughs> I, I work in a very different place right. but that that is what salaries feel like right? So right you don't have control over your salary other than having the courage to negotiate it up like right. is the business trying to push you down and spend the least amount of money on you so that they can get the most profits. Right. The, the business has works. a fiduciary responsibility to whomever its shareholders are. Exactly. <laughs> not to employees. Not to, right. So it, that's how business works. So when I see Donald Trump, I'm like, would it be sweet? Because we know, like the economy, the economy works fine for me, who's a middle class person who makes a good salary and lives in a nice town like but there are so many people that are being squished by the economy right now yeah right and that, i'm trying to wait to see where this goes right so wouldn't it be sweet if somebody could technically like uh have a like a corporate look at what our tax situation is and what our deals with other countries and trade is to try to get the united states to produce more right to get better deals for us. Because it seems to me, based on the situation <coughs> in Venezuela, based on the situation in China, based on the situation in Russia, it seems to me that the United States is trying, is walking on eggshells 
around other countries to not anger them. That's how it feels like to me. So when I listen to Trump saying we could be getting a much better deal for ourselves, I'm like, maybe we do need the corporate folk to go and say, screw you all, we need more in here. Yes, but we don't live, and this is where I, I find, tr find troubling, and we don't live in a vacuum, right? The United States isn't the only place on this planet. Right. So when you talk about, well, and also you talk about a negotiation, a negotiation is, is just that. It's a negotiation between two parties. There's going to be give and take. There isn't just all take. Mm -hmm. Because also if there's all take, and let's just maybe, I'm using just as one example, if there's all take uh, and we collapse another country mm. as a result of it, mm -hmm. you know, you may have this little smirk. And I'm not quite sure where you're thinking. You've got this little smirk in your eyes. It's like, okay, maybe. No, 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 no. <clears throat> but we collapse another country. Yeah. That doesn't just affect the other country. It affects the world. It affects the world. I which agree. Which also affects us. I agree. And it's not like I want someone leading the country who's going to go and making so, enemies everywhere. Right. So... I'm going to stop on that statement. It's not like I want somebody running the country who's going to make enemies everywhere. Right. Think about that and the person we're talking about. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm, I'm, okay, I just want to make sure that we're clear. So I want to tell you, I'm, I, I'm still I, not voting for when, him. When I think about them, you know, I think about kind of two things. I think about two kind of critical pieces. You know, you know, we've got three, you know, branches of, of, of government, right? So, it's, again, it's not just the president, right? The Donald Trump is going around and saying that, you know, yes, this is what we're going to do, this is what we're going to do. Uh, there's other people that he's got to work with here. Yeah, he, he doesn't seem to take them into account in anything. And apparently business. neither does everyone else who's voting nope. for him. He's going to fix everything right. the way he wants to. Because he's going to fix everything the way he wants to, which then gets to my point I'm concerned of. Mm -hmm. How does a president do something that they think is in the best interest of the country? They do an executive order. How many executive orders do you think Donald Trump is going to do? There's limits on, like not limits on yeah. how many, but limits on what you can do with an executive order, right? You can't like replace the legislative branch with an executive order. Do you think he's going to try? Yes. Okay, so there's that piece. And I agree with you, you know, because then there could be the constitutionality, etc. But you don't think he's going to press every possible avenue that he has yes. absolutely yes yes and then my other thought is and that scares the heck out of me we haven't even talked about free speech all yet. right so then well then that's part of never mind so then there's the okay let's say he becomes the president yeah. and uh he gets on a plane air force one or you know maybe air force 1000 because he likes bigger numbers um Air Force One, and he flies to a, a country, any country, you pick the country, to represent the United States. What, what do you think's going to happen? I mean, you know, we've already seen some countries, uh, legislative bodies, debating whether or not we can prevent Trump from coming into the country. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know about this. Which, which countries are saying this? England did this. England doesn't want to let him in? A couple of months ago. I'm sure he owns property now, and business admittedly, in England, admittedly, the body that was was had debated this for a couple of hours, from what I understand, wow. doesn't have the authority to actually do that. Yeah. But the point is, is that we've got other countries that are like, this is crazy. Yeah. 
this is crazy. We do not want to let crazy here. Right. And maybe Trump and his supporters are like, yeah, okay, you know, the heck with you. We don't live in a vacuum. Yeah. We have to live with all the other players in the playground. Which is something else that I really haven't liked to hear on the Republican side, which is, you know, they say that we have to take care of our people first. Right. And by that, they mean and I know that John Casey has said this, too, that he doesn't want to be policing the world. He doesn't want to get into into personal like civil wars between right. know, among people of different countries. He doesn't want to get in there. And I'm here thinking, dude, you do realize that there's downstream effects of everything else that is going on in the world. That if you don't get in there with, you know, with your power and with your alliances yes. and with everything. <clears throat> This is going to come down to you at some point. So taking care of our people first and like just withdrawing from the rest of the world is not an answer either. So I'm not for wars, but I'm for, you know, collaborating in the world to make it a more yes. peaceful place. So, and, and, and we can talk about this in many ways. Um, I can talk about our business, et cetera. But we can talk about this in many ways. You know, obviously, the United States is a big power. It is not certainly the largest power of the United States, excuse me, in the world. It is not the, you know, the most people and et cetera. If we truly say, let's withdraw all of that and let the rest of the world kind of run amok, uh, ultimately, at what point will there be so much more run amok, in a sense, out there that we won't be able to do anything mm -hmm. and then ultimately now are left vulnerable, even though we say well, we're going to try to build ourselves up as much as possible because the 300 million people here is far less than the six and a half billion people out there. Right, <laughs> right. Um, which gets me to jobs and business and oh so, okay, gosh, I, no. I okay, I confessed. Okay, I told you one thing that I found appealing from his rhetoric. <laughs> you tell me if you've heard anything that he says that you've been like, mm, but no, no, that's crazy. But mm. you tell me if there's one thing like that that he has said. I think I'm done. <laughs> so as I mentioned earlier, you gotta see I the understand appeal. the right. I understand why people like that because of the fact that they are so fed up with no one representing them. Mm -hmm. um, you brought up a good point that, you know, that I didn't think much about, but certainly am about, uh, about now us truly starting to be able to quantify how big racism mm -hmm. is in, in the United States. Um, it, it, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Yes. It's absolutely crazy. Yes. <laughs> so it no, is. no. No. No, you don't no. even have, you don't even have one thing. Not even one thing. And that's why I said to you, okay, I understand everyone has a difference of opinion. So if you, you know, if you are for Trump, okay, that's your opinion. It's not my opinion. I truly don't understand why you think in a reasonable sense that you should think that he's going to be a good thing for this country. Right. Because it's just not possible. I mean, even just starting to think about all the things. Let's build a wall. Let's build a wall. Okay, a thousand miles is like a thousand miles, maybe a little bit more than a thousand miles. It's going to take a lot of money. Sure, we're going to charge Mexico for it. I'm sure they're just going to be willing to pay, you know, for that. Absolutely. So when they don't, um, how do we pay the people who built the wall? No, you know how... This is what's frightening about him, okay? Is Wait, this? <laughs> There's this is one thing? One of the things that is frightens me about him is this. You know how I said that I, I'm like, it'd be cool to have like serious 
negotiating power. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, again, like at the expense of everybody else. It's just right. kind of douchey of me to like say and admit. But like, he knows how to get people to do what he wants. You know what he has said? That all he has to really do is go to Mexico and say, hey, Mexicans, come right. to the United States and basically draw like a, like a, a f through a funnel with a vacuum in the United States of like, bring all the talent in yes. Mexico to the United States so that Mexico will be ruined because an exodus of talent right. is something that is, is unquantifiable, you know? Right. Everybody wants to come to the United States. Like, don't kid yourself. Everybody wants to come to the United States. I'm not, I'm not okay? kidding myself. I so, understand that. And I, I, and I, and I, and I you know, agree that, fine, if we want to have people come through the process and immigrate, that's what the United States is built on right but <laughs> me having gone through the immigration process I, a lot of people you know some people say that it's is the friendliest in the world i've heard marco rubio i'm very surprised at this i've heard marco rubio say that this is the friendliest more open most open immigration system in the world i'm like i don't think so <laughs> have you been through the I process i have not been through the process he's from, he's from florida he should know like miami is full so, of venezuelans right. okay like he should know what the process is. It's not as friendly as he thinks. It's not as easy to come to the U.S. as people think it is, right? right? right. So that's why he says, you know, the biggest problem is people come on a visa and they overstay their visa, right? That's the easiest way to come, right? right? So they deny <laughs> visas to people who want to travel to the U.S., like tourist visas. Right. My cousin, he hasn't been able to visit his family in Tampa, in Florida, for years because they would not grant him a tourist visa because there's a big problem. He could overstay. He doesn't right. have a family in Venezuela. He could technically just... Right. Stick around. So anyway, what I wanted to say about this immigration thing is that's how he gets him to pay for the wall. He sucks the resources out of Mexico, right? right? So opens up the doors to Mexican talent, right? Hosts them all here and Mexico will suffer. He And there's other things that he can do. It's like Machiavellian things that could look like good things. And this is what Chavez was masterful in Venezuela, right? right. He could like, appeal to the masses by doing something that was so underhanded. You know, it ended up hurting something else because it looked like such good PR. People didn't even, you know, didn't even blink an eye at it. So that's how he gets him to build the wall. And then what do other countries then think about the United States when he does this? Now we don't talk to anyone. What you 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 think that people would just look at what he did and be like, oh, we're we're gonna sanction the U.S. for those actions? Um, in some fashion. I don't think so, cause you know what you know what the United States is doing, he's making it friendlier for immigrants to come to the U.S. Oh, Mexico is suffering. Nobody's going to care. The making United States is doing a great thing. Wait, wait, but but you're not saying that they're opening it up and making it friendly for everyone to come to the United States. I did just say Mexicans, but there right. are there are country specific rules for immigration. They could just make this rule for Mexicans. Well, that's what I'm indicating. So you're not making it friendly for everyone else. So why would they be happy about what they're doing? They don't to, care because it, does, it doesn't affect them. And nobody's going I'm to... I'm not it's, certain they're not going to care. They are gonna, they're not going to care. In Venezuela... Because what is he going to do to other countries? We don't know. But he hasn't yet, so nobody cares. In Venezuela, we've been suffering for 17 sorry, years. People are caring about what people he's doing now and he's not the president. People don't care. In Venezuela, we've been suffering for 17 years, and because the U.S. has been getting a steady stream of oil, and Massachusetts has been getting free oil from the good people of Venezuela. If you've seen those commercials, oh, I know, nobody I know for many years. Cares. You think yes. the U.S. cares that Venezuela is basically collapsing? They don't care. They're still getting their oil. They're getting their free oil in Massachusetts. So people don't care unless it affects them directly. Mm, okay. That's my point. 
So. Venezuela's too small. Ah! We're bigger than Texas. Venezuela's too small. We are larger than Texas. We used to be like the third most, like the third highest uh, exporter of oil to the United States in the world. And now I don't know where we are because production has just dropped. Just collapsed. It's just been bad. Anyway. Hey, you guys should have gone into solar. We got what? Should have gone into oh, solar. We should have gone into solar. <laughs> we are right there by the ocean, so you know, plenty of room for um. Plenty of hydro, uh, yeah, hydro plants, wind plants. Yeah, yeah, that would have been fine. That's it. Thanks for listening. To stay tuned with the podcast, new episodes and tidbits of information that I send out periodically, go on facebook.com slash bias today and like the page or go on Twitter at bias today. You can also download this podcast from iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash bias today. But you already knew that because you are listening to this already. That's it. Catch you next week with more of bias today.